this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic I also do is delight Welcome to, I should know, because we're so close to episode 200, so I should be keeping track to make sure episode 200. I feel like this must be 196. Sure. That would that would make sense, because I think, I know episode 200, it doesn't matter. I want to get to it because, oh, Sam also is here, because oh. this is the episode that you've been bugging me about. Oh, yeah. I've been super <laughs> eager. Every few days, it's like, yo, 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 is it without a paddle time? And I'll go, no, you know, it's not. It's March. Like, can I, should I just go ahead and watch it now and then watch it again later? You do you. I can't stop you. But really, you know, that's a lie. Because if you heard the last episode, you heard that it ended with us being very morose <laughs> about. Very ambivalent. About what laid ahead. Uh, if you've been listening. Oh, I'm Sean. I'm the host. I never say that. This is so do we still like this. And it's Matthew Lillard month. We've hit the halfway point. It's hump day, hump week of Matthew of Matthew Lillard, where we are covering the movie that is in the middle because this felt like a good in the middle. This felt like the Wednesday of movies, I guess. Pretty much. Uh, why? Why weren't you excited about Without a Paddle? Well, we've already covered. I think that like I'm not a big fan of comedies. Yeah, we've talked Generally before speaking, about have no sense of humor. Apparently, one time we were out for a walk and you saw a couple laughing and you just stormed right up to them. I smacked the shit out of them. This isn't the place for that. You keep that shit in the house. And it made things very uncomfortable for the rest of the day as we went about the improv comedy festival. Yeah, no, it was. Uh... And like it's when did this come out? Two thousand two. Two thousand four. Okay, yeah. So early to mid two thousands comedy is not. It's kind of in that gray area where like you don't quite know what you're gonna get in terms of the actual content. So, and I guess to get into um, my experience, like I definitely saw this. I I own the DVD. I pulled it out when I was looking for a different DVD. Um, for Matthew Lillard, but okay, yeah. I was gonna say because it sounds like you meant porn, so I'm glad you clarified no, that. Because yeah, if you yeah. don't want to name it, it seems like you were looking for porn. Well, I don't. Well, we've announced the whole lineup, I guess. Right? I was looking for my SLC yeah. Punk DVD, and everyone who listens knows you keep your porn front and center next to the TV. So exactly, exactly. You don't want to be you hunting to go looking for, that. for it. Yeah. When you got to watch it, you got to watch it. You, you want to have it accessible. Through... It needs to be accessible. Yeah, you don't want to be digging through other things that might you know dampen the mood i did not end up watching my dvd of without a paddle because i couldn't be bothered to figure out whether or not the playstation 4 was plugged in we had that conversation too so i I made fun of you for that offline i rented i rented it for five dollars now see i i bought the blu-ray for eight so i feel like i got you got the better better deal deal. yeah (laughs) yeah what is my history with without a paddle? I 
am always been intrigued to go back to this one because in 2004, I was in college and I rented this movie and Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. And I watched them both. And then one, I lived with like four people. So I think I watched them both with one roommate. We did a double feature. And then my other roommate who couldn't watch them, I was like, well, these aren't due back yet if you want to check them out. I really liked Harold and Kumar without a paddle was fine. And then I remember she watched them and came back to me and said, I had the exact opposite thought. She's like, I don't think I laughed at all at Harold and Kumar, but I thought the other one was hilarious. And that always stuck with me <laughs> wondering, am I wrong? I should also probably vi- revisit Harold and Kumar, go to White Castle. But what are we? I guess that would have been 2004. Yeah, we got a couple of years yet before we have to knock out that 20th anniversary. So yeah, that's that was the only time I ever saw it. I definitely saw it at least a couple of times. Like again, I owned the DVD and it was like prime in like my Matthew Lillard phase. So I remembered it weirdly well, which made me think I had seen it more than once, but I didn't own it until now. I remember I don't... literally nothing except that they were going on a river trip of some kind. All I can think is that I maybe saw the trailer a bunch of times in 2004 maybe. because there were jokes and punchlines and whole scenes that I remembered and knew what was coming, which is weird memories to retain for a mid-tier comedy I haven't seen in 18 years. So I don't know, maybe, but I, like I said, I never owned it. I don't think there's a world where I rented it again or watched it on television because I don't do that ever. So I, I, my whole thing is if my wife which can't anymore, we haven't had cable for years is watching a movie on TV with commercials. I go, this is right there on this shelf. You can watch Die Hard with a Vengeance uncut commercial free by looking under D for Die Hard. So there's I just don't see it, but I remembered it weirdly well. And here we are, 2004's Without a Paddle, with a very 2004 cast. We got, uh, let's get, let's get your general opinions on our main trio here. So obviously Matthew Lillard, we're a fan. Obviously. He's playing more of a human being here. Certainly the first instance of this character could exist in the real world, I think, that we've seen this month. Yeah. He never goes above maybe an eight at most. Oh God. I would give him like a six on the Lillard scale in this one. He's the straight man. Really? It's bizarre. Seth green is definitely the dialed up one. And then Dax Shepard is the late back cool guy. So let's get your general thoughts on those two. What's your thoughts on Mr. Dax Shepard? Okay. Yeah. That, that <laughs> sums it, up. it up. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously we'll get into it more, but I feel like this movie would have been 10 times better without Dak Shepard. I f- feel like I should describe, you all heard the sigh, but you definitely didn't see the deflated shoulders <laughs> and eyes looking up at the ceiling. I don't feel like I have any strong opinions on Dak Shepard. I've listened to his podcast a couple of times and it, he seemed like an okay dude. <laughs> As a human being, yeah, I'm talking the character. Like, yeah, as a as a human being, like you know, him and Kristen Bell, like they're cute. Whatever, they are still together, right? I can't yes, keep track. okay, good. they are. 
that was the podcast episode I listened to when he had her on because they were weirdly upfront about just airing their dirty laundry and talking about and the fact their they issues. don't wash their kids or whatever. Yeah, that, that was a thing. That was a weird thing. Although as a parent, I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and be claimed and hear that and not go. Mm, yeah. Sometimes you just don't pass. Take a long time. Sometimes you just don't want to. Now we have to because they come home caked in sunscreen every day. So got to watch that up summer. Potentially the second worst season. Oh, well, well, who? what? Summer's great. Is it? I'm a little bitter because we just blew right past spring this year. Yeah. Yeah. We really went from one extreme to the other, but. It was snowing two weeks ago, and today it's plus 31 or something insane. There was just yeah. nothing in between. So that was a bummer. I think I wore my spring jacket twice. I made an investment into a spring jacket. Yeah, so did I, I. wore it like three times. Yep. I put it on this morning because I was leaving the house pretty early and immediately turned back inside and went, this is not necessary. Dear God. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm fine with Dax Shepard. I saw, Ch- I saw Chips and that other movie he directed. It's whatever i have no real strong feelings on him i guess either way as a comedian slash performer he serves it fine here he actually probably had a couple of my favorite lines so it was all right i thought the mantelpiece line was pretty good it got a little chuckle out of me i don't even remember the mantelpiece line when burt spoilers burt reynolds shows up and tells them that he's going to cut off their testicles, stuff them, and put it on his mantelpiece. After a bit of a oh, pause, yeah. Dak Shepard responds, it's going to be an ugly mantelpiece. And I thought that was a decent yeah. little bit. Uh, and then we have Seth Green really going for it in this movie to a point where it, I think, became too much. Yeah, he got a little annoying. But, like again, I like Seth Green generally, but this wasn't his best performance. I feel like I haven't seen Seth Green in a long time outside of Robot Chicken. I don't know if he's doing much outside of Robot Chicken. I have no idea. He made a cameo in a movie. I Except that movie was filmed in like 2005. So you know what? Never mind. He's probably doing some stuff. I'm sure he must be. I guess at this point it was what? Buffy... Uh, Buffy was still going or actually I think it had probably wrapped up by that point by yeah. 2004 uh, he and Matthew Lillard were both in Scooby-Doo 2 that very same mm-hmm. year so it was a good 2004 was a good year for team ups between the two of them good god he's 48 Seth Green yeah yeah that tracks still looking good for 48 Yeah. although I- there was a point early in the movie where I thought they were purposely trying to make him look shorter but I guess he must just be that short or they're that tall. Well, Matthew Lillard is like, I think, 6'3 or 6'4. So. And Dak Shepard didn't look that much shorter. So when they are standing next to Seth, they are towering over him. Yeah. But it just seemed more noticeable in the early stages. But uh, yeah, Seth Green. Well, let's give a little breakdown of their, their characters here. So Matthew Lillard is um, a, a dude who I think he works an office job. He's not very passionate about. And he's got a girlfriend that he's not taking seriously enough. It's your classic male protagonist situation of the girlfriend wants to get married and he doesn't know if he's ready to do that. And he just he's, wants to surf. Yeah, I just want to surf and relax and 
not work my office job and get my family. Like I want to be free, man. And then Dax Shepard is basically the guy who is free, but he's kind of aimless and he's in a bunch of debt and he doesn't really have a direction in life. And Seth Green, I guess, is kind of doing the best out of all of them. He's a doctor. But also but, he's afraid of everything. Yeah, he's just a big pile of phobias. And he, you know, he's got to learn to be a man. And sometimes to do that, you got to almost murder someone. That's the way you become a man. That's how you get over the guy from 30 Rock stealing your parking space and you just going, okay, that's fine. And how you get over the hump of asking out your subordinate at your place of work, which seems yeah. to be a, a problem that he's facing. Where the uh, like the nurse at his clinic, he wants to ask her out real bad. That's completely abandoned. We don't go back to that, which is probably good because he shouldn't be doing that. No, he absolutely should not be asking out the nurse or receptionist or whatever she was. I, so I'm kind of happy that we, we abandoned that plot thread, but immediately I, it's like, oh. Yeah, he said that and my face just went, Ugh. Yeah, like you shouldn't even Please be. Please don't. <laughs> yeah, I guess how you that's how you lose a good worker right there and perhaps get a little visit from from HR. And so they had a fourth friend, Billy. He uh, journey. He actually is kind of the one who they look up to because he did get out of their town or whatever. And well, I guess they're not all together in the same town, but he got out there and he saw the world and he ran with the bulls and a bunch of other bad photoshopped imagery at his funeral he met bill clinton other stuff it shows a bunch of like here we took this actor and, poorly, and crap yeah yeah and poorly inserted him into some action shots so they look at that and they go why can't we be more like billy and then we find out that they were obsessed with the legend of db cooper when they were kids db cooper sure probably many people know is a, a true story it was a guy who stole a bunch of money and, and hijacked a plane and then jumped out of the plane with the money and then nobody Nothing. knows. I looked it up actually before we recorded to see if they ever figured it out. Nope. Not officially anyway. Have the they FBI. tried a mine shaft? The F- yeah, exactly. Have they just tried like a hole in the ground in that general area? Because these guys figured it out pretty easy. So yeah, the FBI apparently just closed the case. There's still people like one guy, I guess, said, oh, I know who it was. And there's all kinds of theories. And apparently there's a D.B. Cooper con where a bunch of people come together and go. I honestly don't even know what you would do. I guess just trade theories, listen to guest speakers Very specific. Ah, there's an everything con. That's true. So they all they find they get together at their for the funeral. And then afterwards, they go back to their childhood treehouse where they discover that Billy had been doing the research and had a plotted a map to where the gold or the money. I just watched another movie where the hunt, I just watched Uncharted where they're hunting gold. So I'm, mm. I might get these two movies mixed up a little bit. Um, we'll see. So they, you know, oh, he wanted us to go with him and we didn't make the time. So in his honor, we're going to make the trip. And that's, that's, that's the movie. That's the plot. Yep. And things obviously go awry. And they end up up Shit's Creek without a paddle. And yes. Hence the ti- hence the title of the movie. And I mean, the paddle is the least of their worries because yes. they also don't have a boat or clothing 
or yeah, for good chunks of the movie. <laughs> so we established in our other episodes that if there's one thing that you personally love, it's shenanigans. Oh yeah, in your uh, movies. The I guess poster... we didn't establish that on this podcast. We established that for a different <laughs> podcast. The poster says that it's outrageous and zany, and like as soon as I saw the word zany, I just went. Ugh, yeah, even really? I'm not a, even I'm not zany. a big fan of zany. I would say it's it's a little zany. It's a tad zany. It's yes, there are elements of zaniness throughout. They definitely. I was gonna say it's a hyper reality. I don't know if it's a hyper reality. They do go cartoony at points, and that becomes pretty clear. There's a moment early on where they're going down in like they're in the boat paddling and Seth Green goes, Oh, there's a deer. And then the deer like cartoonishly hisses at him. Yeah. It's like, okay, we're in that kind of movie where things like that can happen. And we don't question it. There are women in the movie. They are there to serve us. Basically. Uh, You got Matthew Lillard's girlfriend slash. I think they live. Yeah. They live together. Yeah. And she wants at the beginning, she's all upset because he forgot her anniversary. And he's just, you know, oh, it's an awful lot of effort for a Thursday. And then she goes, I'm tired of dumb, tired of the only one who being the only one who cares. So she's just there to to do that. And that much of a character, character. development for Matthew yeah. Lillard. And then there's the two women who live in the tree. Yes. And I think that's it for women in this movie. Oh, well, and the receptionist that Seth Green is sad because he can't sexually harass her. Yeah. Quite the plight for Dr. Mott. Dr. Mott. There we go. Yeah, I guess that's it. I don't know if we even can skip ahead to the tree thing just yet. At this point, I don't actually know what the sequential way to discuss this movie is, because once they get into the boat and start their journey, it's just about shenanigans. Yeah, like set pieces and there's two villains because you know you got to have villains i guess it's not enough for them just to be facing the elements you got to have two and pot farmers two pot farmers who they they stumble upon and find out oh they're pot farmers and then shenanigans ensue and they burn the whole field down and these two become convinced that you know all them city boys are going to go tell everybody what we're doing out here. So we got to go murder them. This, yeah, that's not, uh, that's not, you know, adding to your troubles at all. Murder. It, it feels like they're mostly there so that they can make a bunch of lazy deliverance jokes. I've never seen deliverance. So I missed any references. Honestly, so, neither have I, but just, you know, the usual, like, oh, you sure do got a pretty mouth and stuff like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's, that's why they're there it seems i did like that line like somewhere between bumfuck nowhere and you got a you sure got a pretty mouth yeah and i will say that fine. one of the two like, I, I didn't find are they brothers the two pot farmers i guess uh, or they never friends? really established yeah they looked a lot alike yeah uh actually that was one of the notes i made we're introduced to this is not relevant to the movie at all it's i saw that i noted it Early in the movie, Dak Shepard is introduced, uh, get you know, making relations with a woman. So there are other women in the movie. I oh forgot. yes. And then 
she's like, oh, I forget the other name. Tony. Tony's home. I was like, oh, no, Tony's home. And then Tony comes in and, oh, it's another woman. And I don't know. I noted that they looked almost identical. They (laughs) did. Like, I noticed that, too. They, as far as I'm concerned, they, like, did a copy paste. Like, they could only hire. They only had, like, a quota for four women, five women. So they just had to they had to make do. They had the same actress play the same part. Yeah, it's like they couldn't decide who should play the woman he was sleeping with. And they're oh, it's down to these two. Like they really looked the part. It's like, okay, you know what? You can have this part, and then we'll make Tony into a girl and you can have the part. But it again, not relevant to anything. But when the other woman walked in, I went, That's really weird that they look like they yep. could be twin sisters. <laughs> Unless that's what they're going with here. Well, I don't that's know. What, if that's what they're into, I guess. Like, you, 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 I don't know. I also noted I was personally upset because the whole, yeah, you can relate kind of, well, you probably can't because you're 19 years old, to the whole theme of the movie being, you know, hey, we're all. I, that was the only note that I had was like, they say it with such like, like disdain and despair, like, oh, we're 30 and like, yeah. Like, good God, like, just fucking twist the knife. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Again, you do not have any right to be upset about that as someone much closer to 30 than they are to 40 on like someone speaking right now. But that was one thing I definitely noted, too, is because I can relate to this looking back at your childhood and oh, those were simpler. And I wish that I knew what I know now when I was younger is the song that plays at the beginning and end of this movie. And I had a, I've had a couple of weird nostalgic things lately and you know, okay, I can relate to that. And you get together and go, is this where you thought you'd end up? And then when they were, when Matthew Lillard finally said, Oh my, like we're 30 is like, yeah, all right, never mind. Fuck you guys. <laughs> I apparently I'm well past the point where I can even have my identity crisis. We need to go paddle through the woods and discover ourselves. <laughs> So I did not care for that. Uh, awful Photoshop on the funeral photos. Oh, God, they're only 30. <laughs> Women are just here to nag, which is, I think, after he calls the his girlfriend to say, hey, we're going on this trip. And she is not at all supportive, although in her defense, he probably should have told her that after the funeral, he had decided to go on an extended trip. Yeah. And also maybe finish that conversation before he started taking like random photos of his friends with the phone. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely had lessons to learn. And the lesson he does learn is a little forced. Yeah. Although I always love when a movie has to have a character explain almost directly to the audience what the whole thing is about, which I guess we'll get to. The other thing I noted is in the sequence where the marijuana field is on fire and they're running through it and getting high from the marijuana fumes they do a matrix parody and it took me back to a time where that you might be too young to remember sam but that was peak comedy for evidently five years but i feel like even at this point in 2004 we were well past when that was acceptable to do yeah, I I think like it was in that like weird time frame where like it was too soon after, but like also like too long after. So it's just weird. And like, why are you 
yeah i don't know yeah unnecessary it's, it's not a nostalgic throwback it just feels like they were way too late on a gag that was already so played out like i truly yeah. can't exaggerate i'm sure you can find a list online only a couple are immediately springing to mind but i cannot overstate how many movies just did that the bullet time uh, yeah get it the only good part was him standing back up and going oh my back because like that that moment i can relate to I mean, I sort of appreciate my 30s. I sort of appreciated the cut, like after he was doing slow motion to just him looking like an idiot going, guys, yeah. look at me, the Matrix. That was OK. But as soon as he turned around and started doing the, the I was like, oh, no, we're doing this. Oh, no. That yeah. scene goes on for too long, too. Like, it's just eh. like there's a joke with Dax, too, I think, when he dodges the bullet but i don't remember what it was obviously it wasn't that great i, like I know the, the reveal is later that he actually got shot but i don't yeah. remember i like the stone dogs that was kind of that got that a was, chuckle out of me because yeah. one of them was so wide-eyed that that got a little <laughs> hallucinating hallucinating constellations of dogs in the sky yeah and then i think it's right after or not long after that that they end up at the what's the name of the tree earth's child yeah i think so something like that where Rachel Blanchard, so you know it's a 2005 movie when Rachel Blanchard shows up, who is on the Clueless TV show and other things. I don't, I didn't recognize the other woman. Are you know, earth, earth hippie types living in a tree, making sure that no one can come and cut down this sacred tree. And the one thing I will give the movie a little bit of credit for is because they're in nature, well, it's not, they're not completely committed to the bit. Her legs are just, you know, au natural or whatever, except seemingly she's definitely taking care of the hair everywhere else because there's no other signs of body hair. But I at least will give the movie credit that when she reveals, you know, oh, yeah, my legs are completely unshaven. The joke isn't, ew, like they move past it kind of fast. Yeah, like, I mean, the joke is I think Seth Green asks about her leggings and she's like, oh, no, these aren't leggings. Like, it's like, oh. Yeah, the fine. joke doesn't then become like, oh, I did want to sleep with you and now I don't. Like all of them are still very much like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, so that's, you know. They're on board with shitting into the paper bags too. They seem yeah. fine with that. Like, uh, they're it's they're a bit fairly of a, respectful. It's a bit of a stretch to give the movie credit for this as I'm doing it, but it did. it just felt like the easy gag would be, look at these two weirdos living in a tree, pooping in bags and not shaving. So I'm I'm at least happy they didn't go that route. Yeah, that's fine. And they throw the poop bags on people because if you got a bunch of poop bags, they got to get hurt. projectiles. Yeah, they got to get thrown at some faces. It's the only way. That follows actually a very disgusting gag and another very overlong sequence with Seth Green and the bear, which is the sequence I remembered weirdly well, where a yeah a bear shows up. And thinks that Seth Green is its mate. It's Cub, I think. It's Cub because he's a little tiny. I guess so. And it brings him a dead squirrel or a dead rabbit. And he's got to take a big bite of this corpse. That was really gross. <laughs> yeah. It seemed very chewy. But that, well, yeah, that whole bit goes on for way too long. And then the bear keeps coming back as a reoccurring thing. And it's never, never really that funny. Well, and like. I don't know. I feel like so many of the jokes are at the expense of Seth Green for like 
existing and being small and it's like okay we get it like he's small we we get it yeah he reminds me of one of my least favorite things in like a buddy cop or a buddy action movie where there'll be an action sequence and one character is just there to spend the whole time going oh my god oh stop you're going too fast and it just gets too much and that kind of yeah. felt like all seth green's character contributed here it's just He's he's a very one note character, you know. I'm scared of this. This is going to go bad. I don't like this. He's like the wet blanket of the group who's yeah. like kind of going along but not enjoying going along. And yeah, he doesn't really I don't know. They're kind of shitty friends to him too, which Oh yeah. It's not great. They're dunking on him all the time when he's like, "Oh, I have asthma." Their response is, "No, you don't." It's just in yeah, your head. And I'm exactly. I'm happy that the reveal wasn't that it was in his head and that they were right. But yeah, it is they they yeah, they're not great dudes to him. It's just a lot of punching down comedy. Which I feel it is better to him. Like I think, you know, he he defends him from Dax's character a few times, but yeah, I think Dax Shepard is meant to be the lovable scamp, but he's just kind of a dick. He's an asshole. Like, like he's yeah, his character is introduce the first two scenes are oh look at him sleeping with someone who's in a relationship and then the next time we see him he's loudly and obnoxiously disrupting a funeral yeah. and it's yeah i don't know it's and like never came around okay his performance is fine and like i said he had a couple yeah. of funny bits there's a line where he's talking to like after their boat smashes and seth green's like let's just get out of here and he does the whole thing about how insane it would be to just turn around and walk away there's a couple of little funny bits in there that now i just noted that i found it funny now i can't remember why but yeah like there was the whole thing about like you know the oh were you in the scouts or whatever he says you know no but i ate a brownie once which was definitely in the trailers i definitely yeah. remembered that line like it's, he had his moments but like yeah ultimately he's kind of a shitty friend he's a dick he has like zero character growth. Like Yeah, at the end of the movie, they find D.B. Cooper. They find his money or not all of it because the life lesson was he burned a bunch of his money to stay warm as he died in this cave. And then Matthew Lillard might as well just look directly at the camera and go, that's the treasure. It's not the money. It's life. It's about being alive. And we all go, yeah, we got that. We yeah. understand. <laughs> but they all um oh actually no they don't think there is any money and then burt reynolds who we find out really did not investigate much no uh burt reynolds they who they find in a in a cabin is was db cooper's friend comes back at the end of the movie and goes hey i got something for you here's some money and then their shepherd's like oh we'll split it three ways and matthew lillard goes i don't need it and then seth green it would be selfish of him to take it anyway because he's a doctor. Like, what's yeah. 30 more grand to Dr. Mott? He probably made that still while he was on the trip. So they give it to Dak Shepard and they go, you go out there and you start a new life. And then the last time we see him, he's just, just doing the same shit. <laughs> he's, he's a Boy a, Scout leader. He's learned nothing. And a really bad one who probably got fired later that same day. So. Yeah, because he's like smoking and telling the kids sex stories. And still lying like that was another 
supposed to be another bit of his character arc is he's just always lying and exaggerating. Exaggerating, yeah. So he learns nothing, and Seth Green ends up, uh, I guess, living. I th- they're in the childhood treehouse at the end, right? Yeah. So we can assume Earth, or the Rachel Blanchard comes to stay with him in his treehouse. So either the other woman's guarding the tree or that tree's gone now, which is a weird lesson. But I also didn't really understand because, like, they're living in this tree so that no one can cut it down. But, like, it also doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of interest in cutting it down. So I'm not sure why they're living in the tree. And also, probably building like a large structure in the tree is also not great for the tree. I don't know. I'm not a botanist, so I can't say for sure. Arborist? Arborist? Are they the ones that do trees? Probably. I mean, that sounds right. If that's not the real word, then I would, I believe you that it should be. Arborist is something to do with trees, I'm sure. Well, on Arbor Day, we'll look into it. The day we celebrate, we didn't, when we get the day off work to celebrate our arborists. Where was I going with all that? I don't I like actually... Seth, Seth Green didn't live in that town anymore, so I don't know how he's still practicing medicine. Did he just give up on his practice? No, oh, that's a good still point. Live in too. a treehouse. I guess yes. Maybe that was his lesson. It's a shitty lesson. Yeah, no one really learns a great lesson. Like Matthew Lillard goes back and proposes to his girlfriend, who immediately believes, "Yeah, you've changed. It's been six seconds, and I've seen a lot of growth. So I'll marry you." Yeah. He ha- he still has the best growth out of them, but it's not great. No, he learns the lesson a little too quickly. And I feel like maybe 24 hours later, she gives him the ring back and goes, I was caught up in the moment. We probably should wait a little bit <laughs> to make yeah. sure. Maybe maybe let's have like, you know, let's have an extended engagement. See what see where this goes. See if this sticks. Yeah, I did note my favorite character in the movie was probably the guy who gets them the boat. Because he had my favorite line in the whole movie where uh, Matthew Lillard christens christens, christens the boat by breaking a bottle. The guy just goes, thanks for breaking glass where my kids play. And that was probably my favorite line in the whole thing. Just so deadpan. That and the line about how there's a tracker in the boat so that when they die, at least he can get his boat back. Yeah. That guy makes a terrific impression in the 30 seconds of screen time that he gets. And Burt Reynolds is always... He seems like he's having fun, I guess. I don't know. The villains were such bumbling idiots. It's like, I just didn't care. No, not, not nothing. They ever like anytime it cut back to them. It felt like this is when you go to the bathroom. Yeah, basically. This is when you get a drink. Yeah, I don't. I don't know that I have a whole lot to say. It did make me a little nostalgic for the the 2004 you know mid 2000s era of comedies if only because we got them i comedies are not really a theatrical thing that much these days you have movies with funny parts but when we went to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent and just sat and watched what is mostly a pure comedy with other people and just laughed it's like i don't think this happens much anymore i was gonna say like i can't think of the last time a comedy was released in theaters but yeah no we 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 saw that so obviously that one was yeah like i'm looking at some of the stuff that's come out and there's definitely the hybrid stuff like the lost city i'm sure has a lot of comedy in it but it's you know an adventure comedy adventure drama yeah whatever whereas yeah 
Unbearable it's, weight was definitely just pure com. Well, there was some action. Yeah, but if you but, were to say what is this, you would say a comedy. comedy. Whereas I haven't seen The Lost City, where I feel like you would say like, oh, that's an adventure comedy. Marry Me is a romantic comedy. Yeah. There's not as, but like looking at, hey, if you liked Without a Paddle, you should watch Dukes of Hazard, The Ringer, Fuck which no. are not good movies, but they were comedies that got to go out in a theater. Yeah. Where now they're just such a, it's such a streaming thing. Like any, any comedy, I get like all the Melissa McCarthy stuff, which I don't watch because she's awful <laughs> she's she makes good dramas but not good comedies all go to netflix or prime Same there with was, adam sandler everything's on netflix yeah all of adam sandler stuff goes to netflix now and the i just had another there's that vacation friends movie which is like a john cena comedy that went to hulu so i just i don't it's kind of a bygone era i think and this kind of made me. This kind of made me sad because I feel like in 2004, without a paddle, came out, made some decent cash. Now it's all just direct to home. People don't want to laugh in groups anymore. Apparently not. It's sad because it was. It was fun to laugh in a in a group setting with unbearable weight. Yeah, exactly. They always, you know, you hear oh, you get that's the the movie theaters built for stuff like Doctor Strange and Top Gun. It's like yeah, but sometimes. Like just going and giving a smaller scale, not big budget extravaganza blockbuster movie, your undivided attention with a group of people is an equally good experience. Like with unbearable weight, just being with people laughing. That was cool. Or when you go see like a kind of tense indie movie, like uncut gems to go back to Adam Sandler. And it's just like, holy crap, like sitting in a room with 40 other people who are all on edge. Yeah. Something to My- that. My favorite is still like talking about comedies when we saw horrible bosses and there was that guy who's like with the exact same toothbrush. Oh, the same toothbrush as that guy. And what did he expect his friend to say? Oh, neat. Like, like the, I, I remember there was that and there was also the moment there was like a, a marathon scene. He's like, you can put band-aids on your nipples, helps with chafe. It's like, what the fuck? Scott, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I will never forget we went to go see license to wed not you and i me and another friend uh a probably around the same it would have been like 2008 2009 i guess when again movies like that got to go to theaters it it is a it is a very bad robin williams john krasinski mandy moore comedy like a really bad but the woman behind us god bless her was having the best time and was laughing so hard she would like stomp her feet like just like full guffaws and it actually just kind of made it like it almost helped to go I don't know maybe we're wrong maybe the movie is really funny I don't know and it was kind of nice like no one was mad because probably most of us were like this sucks this is actually like at least someone's having a good time she wasn't obnoxious about it but it was just no, it lent enjoying like, herself there's no other reason I should still be thinking about license to wed so much later other than, you know, Hey, it was with people who were having a great time. So, yeah. I mean, same with like horrible bosses. Like I remember basically nothing of that movie, except that Jennifer Aniston keeps trying to like sexually assault Jason Bateman, Charlie day that. Okay. Yeah. Oh no, it is Charlie day. You're right. Yes. That's why she's the horrible boss. Yeah, it's the so that's sequel, all I, I think, where she goes for Jason Bateman. I did not see the sequel. It's not good. 
I mean, the first one wasn't great. I remember the first one being pretty all right, but yeah, I, the I literally sequel, remember nothing except the reactions from that guy. I remember we watched, definitely watched the second one and went, oh, like this to go back to. I don't. Were we recording when I was talking about Ethan Hawke, or is that before? I think it was before it was we started before, recording. Yeah. But to go back to Ethan Hawke's, you know, there are movies where people put their heart into it, and there are movies where it's paycheck. Horrible paycheck bosses too is definitely look. The first one made money, so here's some decent paydays if you all come back and make another one. Nobody's heart was in Horrible Bosses too. I guess concluding thoughts on Without a Paddle. It was fine. It was. It was. Yeah. It was better than I expected, um, but that's not saying much because my expectations were extremely low. Yeah, there was less gay panic humor than I expected. Yeah, there was really just the the boner joke, which was, I have to admit, that scene is kind of funny. The boner joke was kind of funny. Um, they're, they're huddled up for warmth because they've lost all their clothes. And while they're huddled up for warmth, Matthew Lillard whispers in Seth's ear and gets <laughs> him to get a boner, which pokes into Dax Shepard's butt. So that was a decent bit of business. Yeah. yeah, they could have easily, yeah, you know, oh, Bulp and Grind's playing on the soundtrack. It's like, yes, that's very on the nose. Thank you. Not as much of a 2004 era soundtrack as I was hoping for. No, it's much older. Which is too bad. But yeah, exactly. It was completely fine. I was never, I, I had a couple laughs. I was never in hysterics or anything like that. But, and it, it Unlike some comedies we've covered here, aside from the Matrix parody, there's not that much in there that really makes it a product of its time. No, no, it was not. Uh, it wasn't terrible. Like I was expecting, I was expecting much worse. Yeah, the exactly. Year. The three leads have good chemistry. There's some decent bits. Everyone seems like they're having a really good time, which sometimes rubs off. And yeah, yeah, I think Matthew Lillard and Seth Green, especially, like they had pretty good chemistry. Oh, yeah, it's no wonder they were also in Scooby-Doo, too. Yeah, no, that worked. Uh, are do I forget. Are we ranking these? <laughs> I think we uh, were. Yeah, we were. So, I, I mean, I think it's pretty clear. This goes to the bottom. Both it goes quality movie and level of Lillard. Yes, it, it goes to the bottom. But I, I'll clarify, it's not exactly at the bottom with a bullet or anything like that. It's not like no. it's, you know, it's at the bottom because it's the word. It's fine. It's a. It's tricky because it's one of those. Do you recommend someone watch it? Like, I don't think you need to seek it out, but like, it's it's fine. Yeah, it wouldn't be my first choice to recommend if someone's looking for a comedy. If you're debating, because I hate other people's joy, as we've covered. So. Yes, if we've de- if you're debating going back to it, which I guess is the crux of this whole show. Yeah, it's fine. Go yeah, for if you've it. Got it around. Maybe Which don't maybe don't it, spend the five dollars, but yeah. Uh something you're currently enjoying. I don't know that enjoying is the right word, but I recently finished Tender is the Flesh by mm. Agustina Basterica, I think. I may not sure. be saying that right, but the, the book is on the couch, which is what I was trying to see, but uh it's under some other stuff. So anyways, um yeah, it's extremely dark extremely fucked up but it's excellent and i finished it probably like a week and a half ago at this point and i'm still thinking about it so yeah i'd recommend it if you want something very dark and depressing yeah that would be my exact i read the book 
probably about a year or year and a half ago. And that, that's basically how I would summarize it as well is it's a really quick read. It does some fantastic uh, world building. I don't know if we want to give like the one second or the yeah, one I'm, sentence where we're kind of like, we're in a dystopia where um, a virus has wiped out basically all all animals um, because it's somehow transmissible to humans. So eating it or apparently like being pooped on by birds, like any kind of exposure is fatal. So they've killed basically all of the animals, you know, people have slaughtered their pets, whatever, and there's no protein. So we now have special meat in quotes, which much like Soylent Green is people. Yeah. And so the book does a really good job of actually sitting down and going, okay, well, if we hit that point, what would we do? How would that look like? What does that look like? Yeah, It feels researched and it it does it all really fast. But yeah, as you can also imagine, it doesn't lend itself to a, unlike without a paddle, a lighthearted, outrageous and zany romp. No, like it's a quick read, but it's a quick read. You can't put it down, but also like there were moments that had me feeling like a little queasy, but you have to keep flipping the pages. Cause you just, it, it's like a train wreck. You can't tear yourself away. Yeah. Great book, but it's one of those. I'll never revisit it once. Oh God, like, no. It's, you know, once was enough. Uh, I'll go the exact opposite route, I guess. And this isn't necessarily even one I'm going to shout out because, Oh, it's so good. But I feel like it's gotten a lot of undeserved kickings is the uncharted movie. Yeah, I liked it. When it came out, it was definitely, I think it's got oh, like a 40%. And yeah, people were not at all happy with it. And maybe that helped with my expectations. Like even my brother, who's usually pretty like, oh yeah, I don't know. He's like, yeah, it's fine. It's an enjoyable watch. So maybe all of that helps. But, you know, it's hard not to, Uncharted is the video game Indiana Jones. So then to make that into a movie, it's like, yeah, so this is just, it's like Tomb Raider with a dude, which is just Indiana Jones. So it's all, and I think they get a, try and get around that by just having him acknowledge that Indiana Jones exists in the movie. But I still can't necessarily disagree with people who are like Tom Holland and Marky Mark are weird casting, but I kind of got used to it by the end. I think they worked pretty well together and it's a very over the top, silly fun popcorn movie with some good set pieces and some good you know hey this is this a secret key and what do we do with you know that kind of stuff so yeah i mean for for a video game movie too right like they're kind of notoriously bad most times i don't know i feel like they're all of them but they've definitely been on the upswing lately so yeah but yeah no i thought it was fun there's some there's some fun action sequences tom holland is very good Marky Mark is a weird casting choice for Sully, but yeah, yeah. But my only, well, not my only, but my main criticism is at no point was he running across a bunch of ledges as they collapse. And then one of them collapses underneath his feet and he goes, no, 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 no. And barely grabs onto something to stop from falling. Because I think that is a staple of the Uncharted games. To the point where I remember when we were playing them and it just became a thing like, yeah, here comes the no, 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 no. And so the whole movie, I was like, it has to have, like, there's no way this movie can go by. And there was a no, 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 but there wasn't a no, 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 no. And I was kind of disappointed. It was fun. I saw it in theaters with my dad. We both enjoyed it. Like if they made a sequel, I would see it. 
And I can't imagine they're not going to. This one made a lot of bank. And it set itself up well for a sequel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can make a thousand of these things. So. And I mean, like, if all you get out of it is that it was a fun way to spend an hour and a half, you know, popcorn movie with some fun action, a few laughs, like, sometimes you just need that level of entertainment. Exactly. Nothing at all. They have their place. So two more. Matthew Lillard's to go. Uh, what's up next? 13 Ghosts. Yep. Where we're bringing back a face from the past, except not a face because it's a podcast, a voice from the past. So there you go. Stay tuned for that. It's going to be a contentious one because I've been pretty on the record that uh, I'm, not, I'm not the biggest fan of that. And I'm going toe to toe with a big fan and perhaps the biggest fan of that movie. I don't know Someone which who one I re- am in that. <laughs> Uh, well, let's just say the one who's not you was recently asked what their top five favorite oh, movies yes. were, and this was in there. In there, yeah. So it's going to be, unless the, I think this will be my third viewing of the movie ever. Maybe viewing number three is the one where it really clicks, and I go, oh, shit, yeah, all right. But viewing two, which was not that long ago, I think that was about a year and a half ago, still kind of just... I remember yeah. the I remember the discussion, and you, like, I... I was incensed. So I'm going to really, for this third one, I'm going to wait till like everyone's asleep and I'm going to turn the lights off and I'm going to put on headphones and I'm going to just let the movie absorb me and maybe this will be the one. I hope we can bring you around. We'll convince you. Until then, I'm sure. I was going to say keep hunting those Lillards, but no, that's (laughs) the wrong podcast. Nope, wrong podcast. (laughs) I assume though you're locked and loaded and ready to go with really a hot without a paddle quote. I've been so prepared on the what am I currently enjoying that I forgot about the quote. I don't know. Dynamite. Dynamite. Which is a quote from another show, but for yeah. some reason they say a bunch in this one. So yeah. Dynamite. Dynamite. 